Hi this is Arun from arunsyoga.in I am a software engineer who mostly work with Node.js PHP and other backend technologies and I am an open source contributor as well I am a tantric by birth in a family which is passing tantric wisdom from generations to generations from past 2000 years of legacy and got lucky to travel across india and got chances to study under various gurus from different backgrounds and disciplines you could connect with me in arunsyoga.in here i am helping you to design a divine lifestyle which is based on vedic astrology tantra and other yogic system of understanding Hi all today's podcast we are having a guest his name is John John is a qualified Thai yoga massage practitioner Thai yoga massage teacher trainer yoga teacher and sexological body work practitioner an accident in 2008 rendered him 15 percentage whole body permanently impaired through rehabilitation including yoga the majority of his range of movement has been regained john subsequently discovered the benefits of thai yoga massage which integrates perfectly with yoga and is suitable for clients who wish to experience the extensive benefits of yoga without attending a structured class His lifetime passion for men's health was the catalyst to train in somatic sexological bodywork. John's work with men in areas of sex, intimacy and pleasure facilitates a better relationship with our bodies and creates more satisfying personal and partner sexual relationships john established ce yoga in jan 2014 changing to body cuties in 2021 the studio provides group customized men's yoga massage and sexological body work at his spot point studio in sydney australia in at this podcast we are discussing about the work which he does and his chat as well so welcome to the vedic reading series episode number 15 the politics of naked yoga for men hi all uh, today we have a guest uh, he is from uh, australia his name is john and he is doing uh, uh, some programs like um, you can figure more about him in his uh, uh, website bodyqueries.com today we are gonna read his chat also we are gonna understand what and all other things which he does so yeah john uh, what you do what is the what is this the what is that the bodyqueries.com is all about uh why are you into something like that and more importantly what is this uh, sexological body work and how it is differ from um uh, an escort uh, things like that and uh, why 
what is that it's all about and how you came into that and uh, we know that it is uh, uh, there is a lot of understanding about people's on their own body where they are not able to understand the deeper sense of their body and there are like tarumas which is uh, hidden behind their uh, uh, mind uh, which is like conscious mind or unconscious mind there are some imprints and stuff like that and uh, how what what you do with all this uh, how do you okay. do <clears throat> thank you Aaron. so sexological body work is about learning about sex intimacy and pleasure and if we look at our societies often many of us come from a place of shame uh, men come from a place of shame we have cultural shame we have religious shame we have shame around sexual orientation we have shame around body consciousness there's a lot of problems at the moment with body consciousness so it's about so what all of that does is that the brain the neural pathways of the brain start to look at our bodies as being uh, we become disconnected from our body so sexological body work is all about reconnecting you to your body to find pleasure in your body to to find comfort in your body and through that pleasure and the comfort of finding really nice sensations and feelings what that does that rewires and refires the neural pathways of your brain so if you think about maybe i have um, a hairy chest and i don't like a hairy chest so through practice of, of connecting with your hairy chest, you start to feel, well, actually, I don't mind that. I like that. And that changes the neural pathways of the brain from saying, I don't like it, to I find pleasure. And through the pleasure come the changes the, the way the brain relationship the brain has with the body. And that relates to the whole body. Think about the whole body as being one amazing big penis. <laughs> and we, as a man, we all have a good relationship. Most of us have a very good relationship with the penis. Not everybody, but most of us have a good relationship with our penis because we've been engaging with it since birth. A lot of us have shame around our penis because we're told it's dirty or it's, it's not appropriate to touch your penis or you might go blind or something like that. But essentially, of any part of our body, for a man, probably the penis is the most sensitive and the most really good relationship. So essentially, the whole body has sensory, sensory perception. The whole body can start to engage and become sensitive just like the penis or your earlobes or your hair so you can build a relationship with the whole body so <clears throat> with sexological body work we work with everybody from people that have had extreme sexual trauma getting back into their body to people 
seeking new ways of how to communicate better in relationships. One of the biggest problems we face in today's society is about how do I communicate what I want? How do I say no? How do I ask for something different? And these are, excuse me, these are not just old people. I'm talking, excuse me, a lot of the people that I see at the moment are in their 20s and 30s. Um, the, if you look at um, expectation of, say, Instagram, everybody's on Instagram, and they look at young people, look at Instagram and saying, well, this is what I have to look like. This is who I have to be. But maybe they're not that person. So rather than just wearing armour of a beautiful body, we need to actually build a relationship with ourselves under the armour and start to feel and be connected with who we are. So sexological body work is really about finding comfort in yourself. Because if you find comfort in yourself and you're happy in your own body, you're going to make a really good lover or a much better lover because you will have confidence. And confidence is sexy. And that makes people want to be with you, don't they? Everyone wants to be with positive people. They don't want to be droney, boring people. They want to be with comfortable people. And it doesn't matter if you're skinny or you're fat or you're tall or you're short. If you're comfortable with who you are, people are attracted to you. So I think that's really the essence of sexological body work. It's about finding the sexy in you. And that gives you an opportunity to be able to form better relationships with yourself and also with other people. Um, in sexological uh, body work, how are you helping people to connect to their own true self so that they can express themselves in more authentic way? So in a way that if we are more authentic to our own self, we can actually express what we are actually is you know, uh, the deep down who we are. And while we are growing up, the social conditioning or the uh, patterns which we fall into, all those things could have actually hiding us uh, behind all these kind of uh, deep shames or deep uh, um, hidden feelings. So how uh, a sexological body works helps a person to come out from this deep shames uh, or the uh, things which they are hiding behind all their uh, unconscious mind uh, you know how it is how 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 sure. it is evolving how it how you are helping them to take out from that well i think i think it's interesting um I know you're from India and I have a lot of clients um, that live in Australia, all from India and other parts of the world, but particularly I have a lot of Indian clients that have deep shame about sexual orientation, about nudity, about um, 
sex in general is a deep shame. And a lot of that deep shame is, from my understanding, has come from the Raj. I mean, at the end of the day, the Indians invented the Kama Sutra. Traditionally, India, the Indian subculture, the Indian subcontinent was very sexually, sexual, sexually positive. They were very positive about that. The Victorian mentality, like it has in the UK and even to Australia, has changed that by bringing enormous amount of shame. So if you've got somebody that is very uncomfortable with who they are, very shameful of, of sex and intimacy and having pleasure, we have to start to rehabilitate. We have to build a relationship. And the only way to build a relationship is starting with yourself. You can't take a tablet. A lot of people would love to take a tablet, but you can't. You really have to start to take yourself essentially out of your head and into your body. You know, the, the Indians um, started meditation. Meditation is the essence of everything. Mindfulness, taking ourselves from our head and starting to feel. <clears throat> starting to connect and feel sensations in our body. It's interesting, you talk about connection. Most men masturbate between two to three minutes and usually with 100% of porn. Now, porn is addiction, it's an addiction, it's very bad for you. And there's ways to wean yourself off porn. But that is in your head, it's not in your body. It's much better to think of an erotic or look at, uh, look at the pornography if you really have to, or read um, something in a magazine or a book, or think about it, fantasize it, and feel it. Pleasurize and just feel into your body starting to build a relationship with yourself. So the whole basis of sexological body work is starting to learn to feel, just to notice and allow. Notice what the sensations in your body. I have many clients Aaron, that actually have no sensations in their body. I could prick them with pins. They can't feel anything. They become completely anesthetized to any physical sensations. Some more extreme cases, they're anesthetized to any emotional sensation due to from trauma, um, uh, shame, rejection, all those sorts of stuff. So really it's about how do, how do we access our body? We access our body simply through Breathing, using breath, using touch, gentle movement, maybe a little sound, and placement of awareness. Feeling and being in your body. Does that answer your question? <laughs> so in your practices, like, uh, do you use any kind of uh, medicines uh, also? No, we don't. Look, I, I can... I can work with people through um, 
premature ejaculation, ejaculation control issues, for instance, in two to three sessions, they can not only become, have their ejaculation control issues resolved, but they can become multi-orgasmic. What we've got to understand is that most of the things, most issues like ejaculation control, um, inability to have erections, inability to maintain erections, uh, being, it all comes, and, and, and so, and, and inability to ask for what you want and communicate, good sexual communication, all comes down to the inability to be able to feel. And what is really important is for people to learn how to feel and how to be present in their body. The only thing between having a good time or not is being present. So if you're, if you're having sex with somebody and all of a sudden you think about, oh, I've got to go to the doctor or I'm really, I'm, I really want to have great sex, but I don't want my, 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 my penis to die. What's going to happen? Your penis is going to probably die. You need to use breath and movement and placement awareness to keep present in your body so you don't, so you can be present with you. Look into the partner's eyes. Be connected. Find the beauty in whoever you're with. Feel them, touch, connect, ask, what would you like? How would you like it? Would you like me to go a little bit softer, a little bit harder? Would, would you like it faster or slower? Ask your partner what they want. And, you know, that's sexy. It's not shameful to ask what you want. It's actually really, really lovely because people say, Oh, no one's ever asked me before. How do you know? How do I know if I was to ask you, Arun, may I touch you? Let's ask. Arun, if I was there right now, how would I be able to touch you? Where would you like me to touch you? Um, was that uh, again like uh, you, you're one? If I was to say to you, Arun, may I touch you? Hmm. If you're asking me, I'm asking you, may I if, if I was with you there, may I touch you? This is an example, yes or no? Um, in what way, like? So if I was, exactly, this is the point. If I was to say, Arun, may I touch you? Mm. It doesn't matter as another man, it could be touch your shoulder. It doesn't really matter. If I say, Arun, may I touch you? So it's, um, it's and then I say, the, where would uh, you like I... me to touch you and how would you like me to? So the big issue with a lot of sex is about communication. Mm. A lot of people, how do I know no, uh, what I'm trying to say is that you if, uh, if, if that kind of things, if somebody is asking me, may I touch you? So the energies uh, around me is actually, I can actually see what, what, what is that actually happening. So, uh, you know, based on that, 
everybody when they comes there is a kind of vibration is existing you know so i uh, the decision could be based on that uh, particular vibration that's what i like so it may depend if i said if i right so what i'm trying to explain if i said to most people mm-hmm. may i touch you mm-hmm. they would say yes mm-hmm. and then if i said where would you like me to touch you mm-hmm. they say anywhere mm-hmm. but that person i don't know how that person wants to be touched so mm-hmm. i need to be able to ask not just ask how would you like to be pleasured mm-hmm. but where would you like to be pleasured how would you like to be touched and and how does it feel Mm. It's interesting because there's a lot of a lot of heterosexual relationships a lot of women complain all the time about no men only want to have vaginal sex mm-hmm. they don't want to do anything else they don't want to have foreplay they don't want to they don't want to pleasure their partners they just want to go to the destination rather than the journey So it's about how do you communicate with your partner so you don't just have sex you have an amazing experience Does that make sense Yeah um so what what how do you uh, go about with a client which you are actually with sure look every every client i see i usually start with um understand having a conversation around their sexual history talking about their background their their sex education you know about masturbation about intercourse about all sorts of things that in itself is a big 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 piece of work because that a lot of people most people actually have never shared that information with anybody but what that does it builds trust it builds a relationship without trust there isn't a relationship i'm sure you would agree so when we understand i understand the client they understand me we start to build trust well then we can start to get on with the job so we t- we do a meditation what we call a body scan so we 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 teach people how to start to get out of their heads get in their body and start to learn to feel because there's three things we've never taught in life how to breathe how to feel and about sex so we teach people how to feel and we start to do what we call in psychology these days somatic experiencing we get people to feel into their bodies to notice what they're experiencing and then we we talk about that may lead to something else we talk about how you're feeling in your mind feeling in your body and feeling in your erotic landscape in your your sexual body so after the body scan we have a, a chat 
Then we create what we call an educational contract. We decide what we're going to do for that session. And there's a vast range of topics we could explore. There's essentially two pathways. One is people might want to just have experience. They might have a, one thing they want to talk about, we can deal with that. Other people want to learn a lot more. So if they want to learn a lot more, it's like learning to play a piano. You just can't play a piano, can you, and be a, a fabulous pianist? You have to actually do some practice. So I show, give people some homework. They go home, they do their practice, and they start to learn what we call embodied skills. This is fundamentals of embodied practice. It's like learning yoga. You can't just become a guru overnight. It takes time to practice. So 10 to 20 minutes a day, they go home, they practice, they come back, and they have a greater connection with their body after that period of time. And then we can build. We can then work on, after they've done that, we can work on ejaculation um, uh, choices. We can work on um, erectile dysfunction. We can work on so many different areas of how to get more sensations in your body, more pleasure, and have really, really, really good sex. And, and then every session is very much about being, it's, it's client-driven, practitioner-facilitated. So it's your session, not my session. And I nearly facilitate it and take you on a journey. But only where within your range, your emotional range. That's very, really important. We don't want you to tip over the range because you might have a seizure or something like that. We don't want you to go into a point of trauma. We just want you to be safe. It's all about safety and agency. What's your thoughts on that? Um, Does it make sense to you? Yeah. So as, a, as an Australian, when you are uh, working with Indian clients, um, what all are the cultural barriers which came across that you feel that should be broken? I think there's such... Indian sub, the Indian subcontinent, and it's not just India, <coughs> it's Pakistan, um, it's Sri Lanka, it's uh, India, it's, it's the whole Indian subcontinent. They've been heavily doctr indoctrinated by um, the, the British, the Raj. And I can only put it down to that because there's no other reason for it. Uh, the British ruled that region for so many years and with that came queen victoria and came the draconian rules of of shame around our bodies you know we must cover ourselves up we mustn't you know be be shameful of, of who we are i part of my studio we have naked yoga and i have a lot of indian men 
coming, wanting to come to naked yoga. They find it very, very confronting because there's been their, they, and, and even people that are born in Australia of Indian parents brought up in Australia, there's still this very deep seated shame around sex, nudity, and intimacy. So it's, a, it's very, very hard for people to get comfortable in their body. So we need to teach them how to do that by starting to learn to build a relationship with themselves. So but I must say, it's not just Indian, the Indian culture. It's the, a very big percentage of Western culture. And at the moment, the millennials, Western, uh, the Western millennials are a huge problem because of the, as I said before, the Instagram culture, the lack of talking to people. See, I can see you here and I can look in your eyes and I can talk to you. But a lot of people only talk behind a, a computer screen. They don't actually have the capacity to communicate and all they're trying to be is somebody who they're not rather than accepting that this is my body, this is what I have, I need to feel comfortable in this body. And I need to have pleasure and to be able to give pleasure and to receive pleasure. Very simple principles, but very hard for people to grasp because they are so simple. Um. So, uh, what do you do exactly on your studio with the naked yoga? Like, uh, uh, is that... Uh, oh, yoga? naked yoga. Well, well, yes, yes. Thank you for bringing that. Naked yoga. Um, I do two different types of uh, yoga. I do... Um, naked yoga is... We only... In our studio, we're a men's only yoga studio. And the reason why we're men only because men find women so good at yoga uh, it's intimidating for them and they don't feel they don't want to come the great if you think of the yoga tradition yoga originally was a male only practice and it's only in you know recent times that it so, has become predominantly female <laughs> No, the, yeah, yoga practice is actually uh, it's a tantric practice which which actually helps people to develop their feminine side on their body. You know, the divine femininity yes. because it is it is not just uh, I mean feminine is actually creative. The divine uh, femininity is actually yes. creativity. So so yoga is a practice that helps us to. Um, uh, develop the divine femininity in our own body so um uh, so yeah what do you do with the naked yoga <laughs> well well but 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 that's but but you're right what i'm saying is that a lot of men if you look at the the yoga has the the limbs of yoga however with with <laughs> the, the what happens in the west it's no we don't it's not about the teachings of yoga. It's so much more about the physical practice. If you, if you put 
a lot of a bunch of men into a yoga studio with a lot of women you'll find that the men will feel are not as flexible they're not as open and they feel a little bit shamed that they're not as good as the, the girls so there's nothing wrong with that but what we find is that the men actually enjoy doing yoga with other men as is the tradition so our yoga classes are hatha yoga um we do mindful we do medit moving meditation we do all sorts of different types of yoga practice and meditation uh we do clothed and we do naked the advantage of doing naked yoga is that it's less sexualized all we are is who we are we're in our bodies it's a really beautiful concept just, uh, that the naked yoga is really beautiful concept actually like it's, and, and um, it's a somatic practice yeah soma is this uh, some i mean in uh, indian mythology soma is a god of uh, you know uh, it's a sun god of uh, uh, it's like transcendental god somewhere we got transcendent into some other kind of consciousness that uh, area of the mind is been represented with this particular god called uh, uh, soma uh, so uh, the naked yoga is a kind of uh, yes it's, it's brings out the uh, shame which is actually hidden deep inside and take it out and it will actually help them to uh, come into um, uh, more grounded uh, uh, understanding the of being uh, because uh, leaving dress and getting into meditation and being uh, like uh, whatever we are actually is and getting into the deep level of meditation and understandings and stuff like that will actually help people to transcend a lot of uh, um, energies on them like um, uh in uh, naked yoga practices where did you start at? like uh, how long has been your practicing and uh, oh, how yeah, is, it, how, is getting, uh, how is it uh, getting evolving <laughs> yes it's interesting but just before you do that yoga i just want to stress that yoga is not just about making shapes yoga is about learning to feel most people who do physical uh, yoga practice in the west all they're doing is making shapes um what we teach people is how to connect with their body and build a relationship with their body because we're teaching them how to somatically engage with their body how to feel and listen to sensations as they do their practice how to engage their core how to connect with themselves my yoga journey started in rishikesh in the 80s I went to Yoga Nikitam when I was in my 20s uh, with a friend and it was a very enlightening experience for me. My friend ended up in meditation going to sleep against the back wall. <laughs> I really enjoyed my time at Nikitam and I've always had a passion for, for yoga, for meditation, for men's health. It's always been my, my thing. My father was very interested in men's health and he was a, a minister of religion 
when I was a little boy. So we've, I've, I've always been brought up with this principle around men's health and how important it is to support men because there's Australia, um, the, we have the, one of the highest rates of suicide in the world with men. There's a huge amount of suicide in the world with men um, for all sorts of reasons. So I think we need to support other men. So my yoga journey um, was started in Rishikesh um, and I disconnected for a long time while I was having a family and I ended up moving back to Sydney without my family and I was hit by a car. <laughs> Um, and I had an injury, I had a, a, a shoulder and both elbows were, were severely damaged and I was 15% whole body impaired. So I did a, um, I spent many years rehabilitating where they said I would never move my arms past my waist. I have quite good range of movement, but I can't supinate my hand. Uh, so... <clears throat> I rehabilitated with yoga. Yoga was my core rehabilitation. And at the end of the yoga, at the end, when I started, when I got to my, the best I could possibly get with my rehabilitation, I decided I wanted to learn to, to teach yoga to help people with disabilities. So I opened my yoga studio, I, I did my teacher training and I was doing lots of practice because you need practice when you finish teaching. And all I, I did a lot of classes and people said, can I start to pay you? And I said, yes. I didn't want to, but then I said, yes. And then one day I emptied out my office and I turned it into a yoga studio. But no women came. I only had two women. In the first six months, we only had two women that came. So clearly the universe wanted me to make it a men's studio. So I said, okay, let's make it a men's studio. And we're moving uh, later in the next few months into a brand new studio, which will be a very beautiful studio across the road from where we currently are. So the, the yoga journey has been very much a journey. And I don't think the destination is finished yet. It's a long way to go. But it's a beautiful journey because we have created a very special community of men, not just in Australia, but around the world. We have a lot of men from every corner of the globe coming in either by virtual classes or when they're in Sydney, they come and visit us. So I think that's very special. And it would be great if we could have more naked yoga in India. <laughs> Do you have naked yoga in India? Uh, no. <laughs> not allowed? Uh, not, not a lot, yeah. I mean, but some that, people, some, there, uh, there, there are some places like uh, Rishikesh, uh, and uh, Pune, some places. Um, uh, yeah, something like that is existing, but uh, not everywhere. <laughs> but it's a shame because it's, it doesn't matter about naked or clothed yoga. It's about start people wanting, starting to connect with something that they enjoy, something that's passionate. Can, can, connecting to a community of other people. The biggest problem in the world today, Aaron, is loneliness. Number one, number one problem in the world is loneliness. 
So what we all need to do, what we can do to bring people together to make them feel whole, to make them feel safe, to make them feel secure, and make them feel like they're a part of a community. And that is not just the older people, it is all generations. The internet is pulling us apart, not bringing us together. Uh, in a way, internet is actually connecting people and in a way it is actually distracting the relationships as well. Like for instance, we are actually speaking about uh, from two continents of the world through interweb connectivity where we actually never met each other and also uh, probably in a place where we could actually may not be able to communicate uh, whatever we are speaking through internet in a uh, border way, like in real life, you know, like uh, with the friends which we are relating with or things like that. So this is like, uh, uh, it's, it's a kind of uh, internet is bringing up two particular world, world which is one, one is something like a real world and another one is something like a virtual world. And uh, the thing is like when, uh, but the internet is able to connect all these people who are having a certain idea and they are able to move into a particular place there, they can actually live together or whatsoever, you know, that that will be beautiful also the internet is bringing up uh, decentralized uh, internet and uh, another form of currency which is like cryptocurrencies and stuff like that yeah all those things are actually making sense and in a way it is good in a way it is bad and whatever the new innovation comes out there will be always problems which will comes uh, comes uh, with that so we should be able to face uh, uh whatever is comes out so the practices like uh, the practices which you are trying to put forth like uh, naked yoga or uh, um, uh, somatic sexual practices or whatever whatsoever all those things can actually bring out the tarumas which they are feeling in their own existence and you know yeah it's, it's uh, really um important yeah, I think the I think the internet has some positive elements and the some very some challenging negative elements. And the main challenging element with the internet is the fact that people are communicating less face to face. They don't know how to communicate with other people. That's the biggest problem: how to talk to other people and how to learn other than particularly about sex other than from pornography which is a big issue because there's yeah. a lot of children from the age of eight with pornography addiction yeah the the thing is like it's like uh, the new generation which is actually growing up is like uh, um, uh, I don't know, I had a podcast with uh, somebody who's actually had a porn addiction and uh, uh, he is not an anti-porn guy, but uh, yeah, he is actually putting forth all those things outside. Yeah. So shall we go for your chat now? Yes, thank you, everyone. You want to talk you. something else about your uh, work which you do? Yeah, the other thing we do do, which is interesting for I think very important to, to me and one of the most beautiful things that we do do is what we call Thai yoga massage. It's Ayurvedic. 
-hmm. and it it was the original uh, Thai massage originated in India. Mm -hmm. It was an Ayurvedic practice, practiced mm -hmm. with um, a shared yoga, a shared facilitated stretching experience. Mm -hmm. um, and two and a half thousand years ago, approximately, it uh, crossed from India to Asia with the spice trade. Thai yoga massage is a really lovely experience because people, it's not like Thai massage, it's, um, which is actually quite painful. It's a beautiful uh, massage working along the, the sand lines using uh, yeah, metta, really good intention, metta, the sand lines of the body, uh, you know what I'm talking about. At taking people on a journey of learning even more about somatic connection, teaching people how to feel into their body and how to work within their own range of um, their physical range. So I think it's beautiful and it's a, it's a lovely segue from a, often people will do a Thai yoga massage and then I'll go into a yoga class. It's a nice introduction. It's a great way to relax, yet be stretched. If you've, for anyone who's done yoga as a novice, all you're worried about is falling over. Um, but when you're doing a taiga massage, it's like all you're doing is lying down, your eyes are closed, you're breathing, you're feeling, and somebody else is doing it for you. So you get the fabulous sensations of yoga without having to be in fear of not getting it right. So I think that's the magic about taiga massage. And we, I have a school in Sydney <laughs> Taiga massage and we train people as well. Um, it's a it's a lovely practice and I think that um, it, and very very popular. So when you're in Sydney, I will have to give you, I will give you a Taiga massage. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> You'll have to come soon. As soon as yeah. the borders are open. The Monday. COVID is the COVID is maybe twenty twenty. Twenty twenty two. Well in India it's pretty bad at the moment. Yeah, that's right. Maybe twenty twenty five. We'll get there eventually. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 uh, do you have any do you have any questions about um a, a lot of people get quite confused as why we have a men's studio. Uh, does that seem strange to you? Uh, yeah, why? Well, I think why there's a lot in, in the West, um, there's a lot of female only uh, gyms and, and um, places where women can go. I think a lot of men want to be with other men. Simple as that. Um, you know, regardless of sexual orientation, it's not a gay thing. It's not a straight thing. It's just a, a, a man thing. Men want to hang out with other men. They want to do things with other men. And I think what attracts people to our studio is that the studio is all about community. It doesn't matter how you look, how old you are, what your fitness level is, everybody is welcome. And we work with everybody. 
And that's what makes people walk out of there saying, oh, I feel really good because actually somebody cares about me and I'm not excluded because I'm, my body is like this or I'm too old or too young. I feel comfortable. I feel safe. And I think that's really what having a men's space is. It's about giving people agency to feel comfortable, to feel safe and to be able to share with other men without feeling any shame or judgment. That's really important. Um, so is there any kind of uh, social uh, problems which actually brought up, uh, did you see like bringing up a men's yoga studio? Look, I have had some, I have had some young people who think a lot of, I, I've had psychologists and psychiatrists sending people to me to a naked yoga class to help with body consciousness. It's a great thing to help people with body consciousness. I've had a, uh, I had a young Indian boy come and he did a yoga class and um, he had a very rough time because he was in so much shame he felt so bad because he felt he was just full of shame and i think that then he asked if he could do another a higher level class a more sort of a, a different a more of a touch type class and i said you're not ready you know i think everybody we have to work within our edges you know if we work in a yoga practice, a physical yoga practice, we have to work within our physical range. We also have to work within our emotional range. It's really important. Our resilient edges of resistance. We need to work within those edges. And there's no point taking ourselves into a place that isn't going to be beneficial. Otherwise, there's no point doing it. So we're very careful that our, our yoga classes are safe, that the men practice yoga together and that people don't feel pressured to do anything other than practice a yoga, practice without clothes. <laughs> That's it. And it's the most liberating experience you could ever have. I haven't worn clothes at work for so long. I'm a, I, I, I don't even, I feel weird when I have to put clothes on to work. <laughs> so yeah so these are my work walking to work clothes but when i'm there i don't wear anything for a practice during the practices so let's, it's a strange uh, phenomena so let's do yeah. the chart uh yeah let's look it in the chart <laughs> i'll just share you my screen actually um Uh, so this is the Yuvar Nakshatra, okay. Can you see? Yes, I can. 
So Nakshatra is the um, a group of stars. When you get birth, uh, that is where your ascendant is. It's a, it's a part of sky where a group of stars will be existing. So there is a yoga practice which is associated with each nakshatra. So there is a yoga practice that is called nakshatra yoga. So uh, this yoga is associated with each nakshatra. Like uh, uh, there are 27 nakshatra, so there are 27 uh, yoga postures all total. So you can actually see this uh, video after we are finishing our podcast. Uh, so it's, uh, then um, each nakshatra is associated with one one bird based on uh, uh, when they get birth Hindu. So basically um, from your chart like uh, Uh, so you have uh, Shukla Pacha, which means that uh, your bird is actually um, peacock. So this is like <coughs> um, this bird. This bird <coughs> is actually very important. It is like um, because uh, this bird is pretty beautiful also it uh, it is very confident so this is how it's actually manifest in your life you you can uh, you can be a very confident person this is how it's manifest in your life uh, so this is like uh, uh, a tree which is associated with this particular nakshatra. So this particular tree, how it's uh, like is uh, this particular if uh, this particular tree has the resonance frequency of uh, the same uh, as your own uh, soul as well. So how does it manifest? Is like uh, when you go near to this particular tree, you can easily communicate with this particular tree. So this is how it's actually manifest in your life. Uh, so this is how your nakshatra looks like uh, uh, in actual sky. All these things uh, I have shared in the chat, which I have sent to you. You can have a reference uh, later, like you can look at on the link. This is my website, you can look at into that thing. Uh, so this is Asuragana. So uh, in uh, uh, you know in, in 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 a human there will be two qualities. Like one is uh, one is Asuragana and another one is uh, godly nature. So Asuragana means it's a demonic nature and uh, godly nature uh, is uh, it's opposite of Asuragana. So, uh, what does uh, this is how you your quality is more, which is Ashragana. So, how does it manifest? Is like uh, you could be overconfident as well. Sometimes you will get into fight, and uh, uh, you uh, sometimes uh, there is a probability of getting uh, into the uh, um, uh, the world of Asuras, like demonic characteristics, like. Uh, um, like uh, usage of uh, different kind of herbs and uh, medicines and stuffs like that that also possible that could be manifested in your life uh, then 
tamoguna so this is one of the important thing which is actually uh, happens in your mind is like uh, uh, tamasic nature like uh, this is the darkest area of the mind what happens is like uh, when you have this tamasic nature <coughs> how does it manifest in your life is like uh, uh, you could uh, overthink things which is actually not existing that could lead to problem in your life is that clear right so you're saying um it's a, oh i see i know what you mean yes that the, the the tamas tamas is like uh, you will imagine things which is not existing i mean it is a mind could be overthinking there is a thought process yes. which will goes on uh, like overthought <laughs> No. Yeah. yeah. So your uh, um, uh, Buddha is sky, which means that you can easily connect to sky. Like if you feel low, you can go out and look at on the sky, and uh, it can accelerate you to higher. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. So you have a neutral general gender. uh which means that like uh, uh you can manifest the property of both men and the women um so the god associated with uh, your uh, nakshatra is the varuna varuna means uh, this is the particular god that is the god of water and uh, uh, there is a mantra that is the uh, along with the yogic practice which you can recite and what happens is like when you recite this particular mantra you can easily get connected to uh, your, this particular consciousness i would not say this is a god this is a, a, a particular area a particular consciousness which you can which is actually existing in that particular part of sky so if you recite this particular sound uh, it will be like a more profitable business like you can actually make uh, a, a relationship with uh, this particular consciousness okay and there is a kriya so basically there is two different thing one is yoga and another one is kriya so kriya is more likely to be occult thing it's like uh, to go much more deep into your own body like yoga as we already saw yoga is the practice of getting in union so uh, kriya is the practice of uh, uh, getting there very in a very short period so there are 27 kriyas associated with nakshatra yoga nakshatra yoga is a 30 minutes of practice and with that there is a 5 minutes of practice of kriya that helps uh, people to accelerate their own consciousness uh, in very uh, deeper way so this is something which uh, sexual position which you will like for in order to for you to get more deeper connection with your partner so there is a 12 uh, yoni position uh, 12 yonis which is like uh, each yoni is associated with which uh, one one animal so this is your particular yoni um, 
so this is the mostly about uh, this is the an overview of your nakshatra how does it manifest in your life so this is one thing now we can go to your actual chart actually um i'm just opening my chart did you saw the uh, document i have sent you yes i do have it okay i didn't understand it but i've got it as <laughs> <laughs> uh, so i'll be just sharing you the uh this is how the chart will actually this is not the chart chart is like a square box the thing which you can see um this is how the chart will looks like this is how the chart will looks like okay yeah mm -hmm. uh so now let us see the planetary position on this particular chart um so in first house there is venus along with mars along with jupiter saturn and ascendant so first house is mostly about your self house uh, so it's about you so in that particular house there is venus mars jupiter saturn and ascendant state so what does it means it's like a, it's a very important planetary combination it's, it's a very troublesome planetary combination as well so venus along with the mars and jupiter and saturn along with ascendant is staying on the first house um so venus is the planet of beauty appreciation and stuffs like that mars is the uh, planet of war uh, jupiter is the planet of wisdom saturn is the planet of hard work and all these four planets are staying on first house so uh, there is uh, if you look back in your life uh, fundamentally your life has started in order to deflower the uh, beauty or the uh, luxurious aspect of the life this is where uh, your life could have been started and uh, you are fundamentally like to fight for what you believe is strongly true and uh, jupiter also is staying on the first house along with the mars this means that you can calculate uh, about what is actually happening and think wisely and saturn also in first house which is, which means that uh, you will be very hard work into this uh, uh, particular direction mars jupiter saturn this uh, four uh, planets are staying in very uh, strongly in uh, first house so second house which is actually dhana house there is sun along with the mercury is staying which means that uh, there is a possibility of making uh, acquiring uh, your father's uh, uh, property or uh, do you you have father you father is alive he passed he passed was that he's passed he passed a number of years ago um 
So but I there... feel I have a lot of my father in me. You know, there's a lot of his teachings are very strong with me. Yeah, resonate with me. So this is the something and the wealth which you have, Sun along with the Mercury. Uh, even though there is a, a Mercury is the planet of speech and stuffs like that. So what happens is like uh, uh, there will be a probability of uh, fundamentally uh, wrong kind of uh, speech. Is <laughs> I mean you both will uh, uh, will not communicate properly. The father. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in Sakaja Bhava, there is moon staying. So there is feminine quality of you is more evident than that of masculine quality. Uh, Bindu is Ketu. Uh, like uh, it's a spiritual practices like you are into yoga. So Ketu is the planet of occult uh, and spiritual practices. So that comes into your uh, life. Uh, that is why you are naturally got attracted to uh, spiritual aspect of your life. And in Karma Bhava, there is Rahu staying. So there uh, you have you ever uh, tried any kind of uh, uh, black forces to work on the things which comes across your life? Black forces? Yeah. Dark I energy. don't understand. Dark energies. Working on dark energy? Yeah. No, I haven't. No. So there is a spiritual path is existing in Karma Bhava, which is because the Rahu, the planet Rahu is staying on the Karma Bhava. So that is how it's uh, actually manifest in your life. So let's uh, see how the, um, this thing like, uh, there, uh, hold on a second. Jupiter, Saturn, Ketu. Rahu, Jupiter, Saturn. Uh, so right now you are into Ketu, Ketur Mahadesha. So what does it mean? Uh, Ketur Mahadesha and Ketu is your uh, friend. Uh, so, so the, this is the time where uh, you you will seek solitude uh, with the groups actually. Yes, so it will uh, uh, it will stay till the age of sixty three point five. After that, Venus Mahadesha. So um, uh, that is like uh, the uh, that is where you will get uh, a lot of money. I mean, after sixty-three point five, uh, it's it's like a good time for you. Like um, it will be 
giving you a lot of money or wealth or things like that. Well, after 60.5, yeah? 63. When, when you, uh, 63, oh, it's a long way away. Um, what do you mean by seeking solitude? Could you explain that, please? Um, so Ketu is staying on the fourth house. Uh, so what does it mean? Fourth house is actually uh, Benthu and the, you are into Ketur Mahadesa. So uh, Ketu comes as a friend uh, for you. Uh, so right now you try to get a balance uh, to get solitude or uh, get content through your friend, friends, contentment, you know. So that is how it's manifest. Until the age of 63.5, it will be like that. You try to find, uh, uh, to, you try to get uh, into groups and try to make it into working and things like that. It will be uh, mostly happens uh, till the age of uh, 63.5. After that, your uh, chart will make a turn and uh, like uh, you can get into uh, the money aspect and pleasure and things like that comes into your life because after 63.5 the planet venus is coming to you <clears throat> one two three four moon um yuvadi so moon So these are the very important things from your chart, which I can see. So um, if we take it in uh, uh, 29, 29 plus 6, uh, 30, 39, 35, 39.5. Uh, so till the age of 39.5, 38, 39, uh, you will be it was a very hard time for you till the age of uh, 39 you know you have struggled a lot and stuff like that has happened up to the age of 39 from there ketu has been taking over so uh saturn no buddha has been taking over then you understood you can actually speak out things See, life has uh, knocked you so hard, then you have understood, you have, uh, uh, you know, you it taught you how to speak. That is very important thing which has happened. And after the age of 38, 39, you, 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 you were able to speak. Like what, what you, you got more embodied into your own body up the, after the age of 39, 38 or 39. Most probably this could be the time where you have started to uh, teach yoga also. Which one? 
is that this could be the time where you have started to teach yoga also somewhere around no i was 30 39 i was dying of uh, liver disease uh, and uh, cirrhosis liver and um, from fear liver and uh, pneumonia and chest problems um, and that's when i left sydney and i moved away and i ended up living in the us um it was all around me coming out fear of losing my children and my ex-wife so that that happened at 39 i moved away to um another part of australia and left that behind so that is where saturn is actually ends so it was very hard time till up to that uh, time actually very hard very hard <laughs> so from there you have actually started the uh, you actually started to talk you actually started to speak from there yes i became spoke my truth yes i started to speak my truth yeah you started to speak your truth so that is where the buddha planet buddha comes um, and that is uh, after that the ketu right now you are trying to uh, yes you are trying to build the um, you know the groups and stuff like that so you have any questions yeah. regarding this Let's just go back a second so what happens um just go to that chart below 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 this below. Right. just a little bit higher go higher higher oh there it is oh no bit higher this one so go down lower 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 go lower to nine a bit lower where all those numbers were they years this, this one next screen next bit lower 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 a little bit more yeah this one yeah that that what, what is that what is this means uh, you you have uh, an energy of venus okay so this is like a, a very uh, deep thing which is happening inside you so what what you have to do is like uh, venus uh, is associated with a six phase rudraksha so if you buy this particular rudraksha and uh, wear this what happens is like venus will actually manifest through you so venus is the planet which is actually associated with beauty uh, pleasure and uh, money uh, women uh, all this materialistic pleasure of uh, humanity i mean a human you know right so these dust dust if you come down a little bit lower to dust off dust off go can you go a little bit lower one page yeah, lower this is this stop 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 so, okay so they they the ages of the defining things that happened in my life are they four and a half four and a half 16 19 17 20 and 63 point and a half is that more defining changes of the planet yeah it's a planet uh, planetary position changes so this is called so, uh, yeah. 
so up to the age of 4.5 you were under the influence of rahu then after that you were under the influence of jupiter so 4.55 uh, uh, what how does it manifest is like uh, 16 plus uh, more generally it is like uh, uh, 16 plus 4 like uh, uh, 20.5 so this is the time you got schooled and you could be like you started you were uh, schooling as an uh, interesting student from most probably you will be good enough studies and stuff like that you know Right. Yep. So, um, but the things are turned out uh, like uh, Saturn under the influence of Saturn, you were not able to manifest it better in your life. <clears throat> so, for the for the your your what you're saying is the next three and a half years it's business as usual. <laughs> two, 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 the next two and a half years is business as usual. Just continuing to build and um, maintain what I've already got and grow and grow a little bit more. Is it is going to pay you back in uh, after 63.5. Okay. Because Venus is going to be there, and if you wear the uh, six phase Rudracha uh, of the Venus, that will actually help you to get uh, get established more. Or else you can actually wear mm. the Venus Yendra also. Even if you can't buy the Venus Rudracha, you can actually uh, make a Venus Yendra and uh, put it uh, wherever you feel, and it will be actually help you to grow into that direction. Interesting. Thank you. Thank you. It was interesting. Uh, some of the um, <coughs> the Asura Gana Gana. Uh, it is interesting because I do try to uh, fight for what I believe is right, and maybe that's not always in my best interest. Yes, uh, I need to learn to not fight so hard. <laughs> It's a long time to learn, a lifetime of learning, isn't it? Never ends. <laughs> so your summary of the chart, what's your summary? Uh, I mean, I have spoken almost everything. Do you have any questions regarding your chart? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I sort of, it's a little hard to follow, but I think it was interesting to go through the uh, the bird and the tree and and the ashuragana and uh, you know the overthinking, which is very much me and the sky and connecting and that was all very interesting. Um, yeah, because it is true. I I do overthink. I know a lot. I know I overthink sometimes. Um, and uh, yeah, but that's. It's a life lesson, I think, as well. To learn and, the, and the Nakshatra Yoga link also I can send you. Then the Kriya also I can send you. You can go through Thank that uh, both of them. Uh, and, uh, um, you know, uh, yeah, you can start uh, doing it. Like, you know, that is Nakshatra Yoga. 
you can Thank actually you, teach uh, you can actually teach your students also like uh, uh, understand okay. yeah understand their nakshatra and uh, based on their nakshatra you can actually and um, for mark will you send um, a summary or will he contact you or what will we do um so regarding that we could uh, so would you like to wind it up like uh, would you like to pitch yourself whoever is going to watch this uh, video like uh, sure. they want to sure yeah. sure well if there's anything that um my website is bodycurious.com and anyone who has any questions they're more than welcome to contact me on the contact page or john at bodycurious.com i'm happy to answer any questions that you may have and um, thank you arun for your time and uh, for preparing the chart and for explaining the chart to me and it's very much very very i'm very um very grateful for what you have done and thank you again for all of all your hard work and explaining yeah. it to me thank you thank you for listening to my podcast you could connect with me in arunsyoga.in where you could see my contact details including my phone number my whatsapp and email id stay tuned for more exciting episodes